Hey, you're listening to Podcast Rewind with Erica Jarvis and Amy Randolph. This is the podcast about all of the podcasts that we just can't stop listening to. Enjoy. Episode number three. You're listening to Podcast Rewind. My name is Erica Jarvis. With me on the podcast porch is my best friend in the entire world, Amy Randolph. You are my best friend on the entire oh. in the entire world. And yes, we are on the Drunk Episode podcast porch, coming to you live with episode number three. And we are doing something a little bit different with this Drunk Episode. We are talking about a specific podcast. What is it, Erica? Yeah, I'm really glad you just said that, Amy. We are doing Unconcluded. This is a very specific podcast that actually takes place here in Orlando, Florida. And we talked about it on our most recent episode mm-hmm. of Podcast Rewind. Amy and I live in Orlando, Florida. We work at Walt Disney World. Orlando is our life. Yep. And has big been things last. happen in town. That's right. And big things, and I mean murder. 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 You guys may know about a little murder that happened a couple of years ago. 11, well, more than 11 years ago, probably 12 now. Now that we're in 2018, you are totally it's right. 12 years ago, and that's the murder of Jennifer Cassie. And guys, I think that I just want to start off by saying that this would typically be an unpack for us. Yes. Um, because all of the elements are in place, right? It's a Central Florida. Well, frankly, it's a disappearance. We can't really call it a murder because there has been no body recovered. Mm-hmm. It's a disappearance, but you would typically think that this is a, an unpack for us because it's an episodic podcast that we're going to talk about tonight. But Erica and I have both listened to most of the episodes that are out on this podcast, and we have both stopped listening to the most recent, and there are reasons why, and... In Drunk Episode 3, we want to tell you about this case, why we're connected to it, and why we've stopped listening to the podcast. Yeah, and that's a really great explanation that like this should be an unpacking for us. And the unpackings for us are six to seven episodes, and they mm-hmm. are both, you know, 30 to 40 minutes, maybe an hour most an episode. But yeah, we are talking about Unconcluded, and it is hitting, I think the last time they stopped Providing a new episode was early to late November, and that was episode twenty something, twenty seven, I believe. Yeah, maybe just episodes. Up. Yeah. So, like we mentioned, we live here in Orlando, Florida. Lots of things have gone down. You know, Casey Anthony and the Kaylee Anthony trials that went down. Orlando is not new mm-hmm. to a murder case no. or to a disappearance Tavon case. Trayvon Martin. Trayvon. Martin. Trayvon, Trayvon Martin. Trayvon Martin. You know, we don't even need to talk about his murderer we need to talk about Trayvon and what happened to him well yeah we should also talk about correct yeah. but also you know Florida's a weird fucking state no, this is the he Nancy Grace state if you will <laughs> so, thank you so unconcluded this is a disappearance case that started in early 2006 Amy and I both graduated college you know May 2006 mm-hmm. picked up our lives moved here to Orlando Florida to start working for a mouse and at the same time, a serious situation was happening in town. A young woman who I would say was about one year ahead of us in her mm-hmm. career, Jennifer Cassie. Jennifer Cassie. One morning, got up, got ready for work, and from what everyone believes, 
got in her car to go to work, but didn't make it to work. And that is where the story starts. It ends. Nobody knows about Jennifer Cassie after that point, but it is a huge case that took over this town that when Amy and I first moved here was something that was happening in the ether on the news, but we are so busy at a new company starting to figure things out that this was one of those cases that was happening, but we were too young and too stupid to pay attention to what was going on in our own town. Right. And with a little perspective, let's talk about who Jennifer Cassie was. She was a beautiful woman. She was very smart. She was very ambitious. She was only 22, 23, I I would say 23. I moved down to 22, so I'm going to give her 23 23, I think, at the time of her mysterious disappearance. And um, had a a good job. She was educated. She had family that lived close by. She was close with her family. She had a boyfriend. Boyfriend lived in South Florida. If you know anything about Florida, um, I think a lot of people tend to think that Florida is all, like, one kind of a county, but it's not. So Correct. South Florida is about three hours away. But she had this boyfriend that lived down in, I think, Port Lucy? Somewhere around there. Uh, yeah, let's go like Fort Lauderdale area. Yeah. Regardless, he lived about three and a half hours south of her. Mm-hmm. You know, um, early in um, t- 2006, she goes on vacation with him on a cruise to the Bahamas. Drives. Gorge. Love it. Gorge. We Get a girl. love a good cruise as Floridians. That's like the easiest vacation for we us. Love it. Screw the beach. We're going on cruises. We're going to the Bahamas. So she did that with her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Comes so home. Sweet. Drives back up into Orlando. Calls mom and dad. Vacation was great. Tucking in to bed for the night. I'm hitting up work tomorrow. Everybody knows your first day back to work after vacation fucking sucks. No fun. Worst day ever. The worst. But truly the worst day ever because vacation hangover. Vacation hangover. But Jennifer didn't make it into work, no. and it became a news case that rocked Orlando. This beautiful young and woman. And Orlando, to, I mean, nationally, Nancy Grace was talking about her. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah, so she comes home from his vacation and doesn't make it to work the next day. And so, like you said, this hits national news. What happened to Jennifer Cassie? And there are press conferences. There are, you know conversations with the parents, the boyfriend, what's going on, nobody knows. And so it's now 2018, and guys, still nobody knows what happened to Jennifer Cassie. And that's why we're talking tonight, because early in the summer of 2017, a guy named Sean from Lakeland, Florida, which is just about 40 minutes outside of Orlando proper, started a podcast called Unconcluded, and it is all about the disappearance of Jennifer Kessie, and he is deciding to take on himself this armchair detective perspective of, I think maybe I can podcast and potentially figure out what happened to Jennifer Kessie, and this is a podcast that you introduced to me this past summer that we both immediately had to start downloading. And before we get too far down the road, maybe just remind all of our rewinders that this is a drunk episode. And we are having a beverage. We so, are. Erica, cheers. Cheers. What are we might not hear, but we cheers. We are both imbibing in a Golden Monkey IPA. And so, have no beer rewinders. We are with beer you. Beer is here. Beer is here. We're doing our normal thing. Yeah, absolutely. I just, you gotta stay true to the show. Of so, course. Moving back on, Erica, take me to the next part. So, yeah, so um, we've got this host, Sean, of Unconcluded. Who means so well. Oh, my God. He means so well. And 
has a lovely voice for podcasting, but he has decided to take on the disappearance of Jennifer Cassie on his own and deep dive. And think of Serial, like the very first round with Sarah Koenig and Adnan Saeed, mm-hmm. and she is going to tackle, you know, this murder and maybe free this guy Adnan from jail. I hope she does. You maybe still hope she does, but we are still talking about that years later, and Adon is still behind bars, and Sarah Conan is still doing the hard work. Yeah. And nine months after you and I starting to listen to this podcast, we're still hoping things might become positive, because that's why we are discussing, unpacking, and drunk asserting unconcluded. We gave it a good go, and guys, we got really bummed by this podcast. We did, you know, so all the high hopes in the world for, first of all, our hometown girl coming home. And, and I think that we can be honest, even her parents are honest at this point, we'll get into this, that she is very most likely not still living, Correct. which is tragic. But um, we want to bring resolution to the story of Jennifer Kessie. Yeah, and I think it's so valiant of our podcaster host Sean that he found this case ten years later, and is now eleven years later. You know, given the time of the podcast production and all of that, but uh, ten years into the situation of Jennifer Cassie having been missing, he gloms on to this story and I really feel like in a good Samaritan way yeah. is is trying to show up and be there. He's not a podcaster. He's not a journalist. But he finds passion for this story. So you uh, uh, as a podcast listener, I have so much uh, empathy for that. But as we move along, I start to feel some frustration with my friend Sean that he's not equipped to handle this. So we'll get into it, Erica. We need to the first And so part. I super love that you just said it like that. You know, we are dealing with an armchair detective. Yeah. Somebody who doesn't have a background in podcasting, somebody that doesn't have a background in journalism and then deep dive research, somebody who knows about a story that is just up the road from him and wants to do a solid deep dive. And with this, like we said, you know, Jennifer Cassie came home from vacation with a boyfriend, checked in with everybody in her life that she needed to check in with, and then tucked herself into bed that we know of. So what happens that we hear about in the podcast is that, you know, Jennifer's home, calls mom, all is well, gets up and get ready for work, but doesn't make it to work. And in the podcast is when, you know, Sean starts to deep dive into that first night that Jennifer gets home. You know, um, while she was gone, she had her brother and his friends come and stay at her apartment. Yeah, you know, stay here, you know, water my plants, who cares, do what you have to do. But one of the brother's friends... And they're kind of rat boys. So like, yeah, we're talking like college-age guys. You and know, one the of the older sisters being cool, while out my apartment, boys. I'm on vacation with a boyfriend. Just leave it clean, please. Could you please? And so one of the friends leaves his cell phone behind. So we know that Jennifer has a cell phone of her brother's friend. And let's remember it's 2006. So a cell phone phone is important. But it's not, it's it's a flip phone. It's a flip phone. There's no find my iPhone option. Nowadays, we're like, if I don't know where my cell phone is for five seconds, I'm going to lose my goddamn shit. 
you know, mm-hmm. back in the day, it, what, you're getting, like, two text messages a day in 2006? Listen, in 2006, I had a flip phone that, like, barely told me the time. I had to open up the flip exactly. phone to tell me my so time. a super hungover dude who's woken up by his boys and been like, we have to get in the car, we have to go back, you know, we've got to yeah. go back for something. He left his cell phone behind in her apartment. And so her brother's like, be cool, my sister will send you the cell phone. So we don't get deep dive info, but we know that brother and friends do not live in Orlando. And that right. there is a request to Jennifer to put this cell phone into the mail to the brother's friends. Right, like the mail. Like, you could still wait two days for your cell phone. Like, that's 2006. So fucking ridiculous. So we know at one point in time it is asked of Jennifer to... Get into her car, drive out to a UPS store, FedEx, whatever, and drop this phone into the mail. But so, like, there's a lot of questions here. Like I mentioned, you know, um, Monday comes around. Jennifer's not at work. It's 11 o'clock. Girlfriends in the office are like, where is Jennifer? Somewhere along the line, information gets back to the family like, hey, Jennifer did not show up to work today. And that's when people start doing that deep dive into, like, what did her night look like the before? The night before. Right. And we're hearing about this cell phone, which our host does dive into. Did Jennifer leave her apartment at 10 o'clock at night and go drop a cell phone off at a UPS store? Meanwhile, on a which Sunday is night. Which On a Sunday shit. night. So, yeah, no. A UPS store is not open at 10 o'clock on a Sunday night. Yeah. And that's what the police, you know, we first, when they, when the police first start investigating, they're like, oh, you know, she, well, first of all, they're like, okay, she's an adult woman. She must be a runaway. But let's just go back to the cell phone piece that one of the first things that the police tried to just kind of write it away with was like, oh, well, maybe she went out to just deliver the cell phone and something happened to her while she was delivering the cell phone. It's like, well, first of all, it was a Sunday night. No UPS is open. Exactly. And second of all, she had free UPS in her office and she was going there on Monday morning. So let's leave the cell phone alone. Yeah, and I completely agree with you because, be listen, if I'm in my apartment, jeans off, yeah. leggings on, bra off, mm-hmm. good Face fucking luck on. to you if I am leaving my apartment. Exactly. But so, um, my shitty brother's best friend's yeah, cell phone is I not my responsibility. Listen, if my brother was like, hey, my friend's in your apartment and my buddy left his cell phone, I'd be like, oh. Well, your buddy's going to just figure your shit fucking out yeah, for the next half of the day for his flip phone. Because he's like, I have a brother. I know you have a younger sister. My mm-hmm. brother came at me with even, I love to my own cell phone. I'd be like, well, Rob, fucking figure it out. Sorry, like, I'll get you your cell phone when I can get it to you. Soups. But, so, you know, that's the thing that um, Sean kind of, like, judges on a little bit in this podcast. Like, what did that night before look like? But here's the thing. We mentioned Jennifer doesn't show up to work. Police eventually get called to her apartment complex, you know, and parents because finally show up. like her. I mean, it was very unlike her. Very her. Unlike her. This girl is responsible. Right. She's a committee in order. Her co-workers are like, this is not right. Yeah. No. Yeah. This is not right at This all. is not right. So when people finally do get to her apartment, they, they do the deep dives that I think in listening to the podcast, I think to myself, like, man, I really wouldn't think about those certain things. Um, they go through Jennifer's apartment. She's got, you know, underwear and pajamas on the ground. There's water behind shampoo bottles in her bathroom. So makeup is on the counter. Super normal. So normal that somebody's no got to get ready for No signs of a struggle, but somebody got to get ready for work on a Monday morning. Super important. So let's tuck away the fact that she went to go deliver herself on Sunday night and got abducted then. That seems so yeah. So clearly Girlfriend she, went to bed. Yeah. Threw, you know, undies on the ground. 
listen, I've got and these strewn through my apartment on okay. my side of their apartment, and there are pro- there's probably water for a day or two behind my right. shampoo bottle. And again, it's 2006, like you cannot be that into your cell phone. So girlfriend probably was like, I got FedEx in my office, so I'm gonna go to bed and get up in the morning. And all of the signs in the apartment, like you said, are that she got up, she put on makeup, she changed her clothes. You know, messy girl of a 20-something left her jammies on the floor. Her wet towel is hanging over the dryer in her Mm -hmm. apartment, I believe. So it means we lose this small apartment. Yeah. And uh, she, if you enter her apartment, there are no signs of a struggle. And it looks like a woman who left and went to work. So, again, with this cell phone, you would think that she meant to just go mail it back from work the next day. Yeah, and I completely agree with you. And I know I've said this to you before when we both started listening to Unconcluded. Super sidebar for everybody. Um, Amy, you lived in a one-bedroom apartment for a year, I believe. I did. And yeah. when I listened to this podcast, and I will say, you know, Jennifer Cassie lived in what's the apartment complex is called The Mosaic. Is next to the Mall at Millennia in Orlando, and when yeah, I listen to that for a minute, yeah. But when I listen to this podcast and they talk about Jennifer Cassie's one bedroom, I've never lived in a one bedroom apartment. I've never lived on my own. I always picture your apartment from back in two thousand and seven, from Sable Bombs back yeah. in two thousand and seven. I picture your apartment. I listen to this podcast and just think to myself, if I walked into that apartment, I would imagine. It to look very similar to how the police describe Jennifer's apartment to look. And, and that freaks me out, too, in a sense, because I moved here in 2006. And when I moved here, we've already discussed on this podcast, so we was for Disney. I, I spent about four months in um, college program housing. Yeah. And then when I moved out on my own... For about two and a half years, I lived in a one-bedroom in two different apartment complexes in Orlando. And thinking about all of my comings and goings, just, I was in my early 20s, I was in my invincible stage. And I hated your invincible stage. Yeah, well, I, but I was in my invincible stage, and I just never thought anyone would get, I didn't think about it. And I believe that Jennifer Cassie was me. In this community, and that's why this story touches me, and this is why I get angry about the way this podcast is handled. So yeah. continue the story for us, please. So, like you just mentioned, um, we need to talk about where she lived. So, yeah. Jennifer's apartment, it was called The Mosaic, and it was a hop, skip, and a jump away from a place in town, um, our main mall, the Mall of Millennia. We have two malls in town. One is closer to the airport. But Jennifer lived next to the Mall at Millennia, which is a fancy, fancy, fancy mall. Fancy We're pants. talking The Loft, Gap, Tiffany, Bath and Body Works, Tiffany, Cartier, Cartier Louis, Louis Vuitton. Vuitton. I mean, yeah. this mall is fucking ridiculous. And Jennifer lived across the street from it at the Mosaic. But guys, if you go around the corner from the Mall at Millennia, it's sketch at Super sketch. And so it is a very strange part of town. I actually know a, a friend of mine who did a Craigslist, Craigslist exchange near the Mall of Millennia and brought a gun to do yeah. it, knowing, you know, I mean, they were, I, I won't say what the transaction was, but the friend told me that, you know, the Mall of Millennia right there in that block yeah. is safe. Kind of, maybe. Yeah. But the area around, just a block away, is so sketched that I wouldn't do a Craigslist exchange with 
without being armed. Yeah, and I totally agree with that. Like, I parked my car there one day. My mom came into town. I parked my car at the Bloomingdale's. And four hours later, I came back, and my car was completely keyed. And so it's like, yeah, in Bloomies, it's like, God, oh, that's I mean, such a fancy, fancy place. Orlando, the city beautiful. Also, the city shitty sometimes. And the secrets are deep and long. And one of those secrets is where is Jennifer Kessie? So, like we mentioned, Jennifer did not go to work. Mm-hmm. And her car was missing for about three days from her apartment complex. And that was a very confusing thing to the cops. Well, okay, listen, girlfriend is 23. This isn't really a missing person. Maybe she just hates Olivia and bolted and she ran away. But you know, then... May, and they conjecture maybe there was a fight with the boyfriend. Lots of conjecture. And the boyfriend's like, there's no fight, but we don't have anything but phone records. Correct. And you can't tell what they said on the phone. Boyfriend's like, we're fine. But maybe she took off. Maybe she took off. Except for the fact that three days later, Jennifer's car shows up about a mile and a half away from her apartment complex. So Jennifer's car shows up, and, you know, what's interesting about that is the fact that she her car shows up around the corner, but Jennifer does not park it there. Jennifer's car is parked, like I said, around the corner at, um, just look at another apartment complex, but we have video footage of somebody parking her car, and... We can't tell who it is because the way that the video footage at this apartment complex looks is we can tell it is a male, but he is so whitewashed by the sun. It looks like he's wearing painter's gear. And then, first of all, let's talk about where the car showed up. The complex was ghetto, and it was known for a place that you would dump stolen cars. Exactly. And it... The apartment complex, yes, of course, did have video surveillance, but it was very old equipment, mm-hmm. and so it was really whitewashed. So uh, just because it was, the bulbs were, you know, the, the lamps in those video recorders were not changed, so you would you saw the person that left the car, but it basically looked like he was wearing the Mario suit from Super Mario Brothers. Exactly. So, like, you couldn't make out a face. You could tell mm-hmm. male, tall-ish. But how do you put that out on a bolo? Like, right. be on the lookout, tallish dude. Right. Nope. Question mark yet again. And again, you can't even in, in Central Florida tell if he's Hispanic, white, black. And we got all kinds here in Central Florida. It's not helpful. Yeah. And that is another thing about the Unconcluded podcast. So, like, we are giving you a good reference of the disappearance of Jennifer, but when it comes up to the podcast and included themselves, there's like an entire episode about this seven second mm-hmm. video that you think it's to yourself episode. The, in the third episode, oh, I'm gonna get some serious dish. Oh, you're gonna talk for 50 minutes at me about information that I already heard on a press conference from the, you know, police chief Oh, no new information. This information is just podcast form. I heard this already in my time. And I'm going to say, in regards to listening to Unconcluded, this was where I started to just go, okay. And getting that meh, come at me, bro. What new info do you have for me? What are you doing in this podcast that is going to make me feel like at the end of the day, we are finding Jennifer. 
whether she's alive or no longer with us, the goal is to find Jennifer. I, I think I, I agree with you. You know, I, at this point when I started listening to Unconcluded, was so into uh, podcasts and particularly true crime podcasts yeah. and mystery podcasts. And because this was a hometown one that I already knew about and wanted justice for Jennifer Kessie, I really got into this podcast and mm-hmm. wanted so badly for it to be amazing and to be. Yes. I think this particular episode where they spent about 40 minutes talking about this bullshit whitewashed video, I got scared. And that's why I think we're talking about this it. podcast even tonight. So let's talk about what happens next. So we are, um, we're three episodes in and we're just looking at like where Jennifer's car is. And then we're also, well, what's interesting about it is that we're three episodes into information, but in the podcast world of Unconcluded, we're actually about seven episodes in because they can't get more, they're doing a real time podcast. Yeah, they didn't do this all at once and release it like a serial or like a missing Richard Simmons. Yeah, they started episode one and then just relied on the community to help them create the rest of the story. Yes, and so they're doing all of these sidebars where they're basically playing uh, voicemails of people that call in and talking yeah. about Facebook messages. But then something interesting happens. Well, so maybe like real quickly, just mentioned like you meant you said. Talking about this, like, you know, video of Jennifer's car being dumped a mile and a half away mm-hmm. is episode seven. And there have been three actual episodes of meat, but in between we're layering in episodes that are sidebars. And these sidebars contain voicemails. Uh-huh. And we actually listen to the full voicemail somebody calls in to share, and then the host responding to the voicemail. And this is where I started to just really pull away. Exactly. Don't as, just as play sh- me the entire voicemail. Play me the clips and the most important question of the voicemail. Don't give me eight minutes of Susie from Kissimmee and all of her thoughts. What does Susie from Kissimmee have to say to me that is super important and then answer that. I agree. And I love that super snap of your fingers. Kind Thanks. of a great snap. But I do want to move into what happens next because something yeah. does interesting happen next. Because they are putting out this uh, podcast episode by episode, yeah. a woman does contact them. And Erica, what happens? Well, so um, a woman contacts that appears to have some serious information. So we hear about um, a woman from Tennessee who calls into like the hotline and does like a sidebar. And yeah, says, like, listen, I live on Facebook, whatever it is. I'm yeah. not sure she can. I believe she does yes. a voicemail and says, like, listen, yeah. I have been in Orlando recently. I have, you know, heard about your podcast. I've listened. I live in Tennessee, but, you know, I'm taking care of a dying family member in town. Her mother-in-law. Her mother-in-law. Her mother-in-law. Thank you. But I live in Tennessee. A woman who fits the description of Jennifer Cassie came into my jewelry store Six to eight months after Jennifer's disappearance, frail, you know, in a large coat and clothes that didn't fit with hands that were very much battered and broken and crushed and bruised with a very large black male and appeared to be told to find a piece of jewelry that she liked and listen 
I feel like this woman came in on her own, not on her own accord, and that this man coerced her in, and she, you know, was like, listen, I'm kind of trained to figure shit out. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, long story short, I think that woman was Jennifer Cassie, and maybe she was in a sex trade situation. You know what I mean? Like, she got abducted, sex slave style, she got into Tennessee, this guy needed her to have jewelry to... Mm -hmm. And keep up the roots, if you will. While I'm listening to that episode as the listener, I want as to be a listener, Jennifer Kessie. I I don't I don't want it to be Jennifer Kessie because I know that would mean something horrible happened Horrible. to Jennifer Kessie. But I, I want Vera. I want it because she would be alive. Yes. And if I don't believe that it's her, then I have to believe that she's dead, and I I want so desperately for her not to be dead. As a yeah. listener listening to this podcast and also as an Orlandonian who has cared about Jennifer yes. Cassie since I moved here in 2006. Correct. So, like, we hear the story of this woman. She just is really recanting this jewelry store situation with Sean, the host, and kind of deep dives. But then next episode we get, Sean yeah. talks to someone who has deeper info a into sex the sex trade. A sex trafficker, basically expert. Ex which... Okay, I'm stuttering a little bit, but like, God, can you imagine that's, that's, your, that's your job? Yeah. Is to like understand sex trafficking. So here's the and thing explain it to the laymen's that are us. Right. So here's what we learn is that this woman really believes Jennifer Cassie potentially was stolen from a sex trade perspective. Now she's in Tennessee. Her, you know, um, captor wants her to get some jewelry to kind of keep up the ruse. And so you really believe it. Next episode. We really find out so much more about sex trafficking, which, one, it's just was fascinating. Fascinating. Two, also made me feel really good about my position in life. So we yes. learn that sex Thank trafficking you. very much happens in the young age. We're talking 13 to 18. And, They're and not people looking, who are very vulnerable. I mean, people who do not have mothers and fathers that call to check on their whereabouts. Which is exactly runaways. why Jennifer Cassie does not fit that M.O. You know, she was young and she was beautiful and she was blonde, so there are reasons why she would be a um, victim of sex trafficking. But you like a prime candidate, but, but not really. You know, thankfully for this sex trafficker expert, she talks about look, a woman like Jennifer Cassie is not who you're targeting. You're looking for somebody whose family won't miss them. Yes. Who's already a runaway, who's already in prostitution or whatever. Yeah. You know, Jennifer Cassie being abducted by the side of her car in the middle of the day is not a sex trafficking situation. It's not on her way to a nine to fiver. It's probably a very personal situation. It's probably somebody that has been stalking her. Exactly. And that's where, like, in listening to this, I felt to myself, like, okay, never have I been happier to be a 33-year-old woman whose mother calls her five times a day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't fit the yeah. bill. You don't fit the bill. We're talking yeah. about, like you said, runaways. Maybe somebody who works at a restaurant who, you know, if they and don't show up for a shift, like, everyone's upset. But, like, ugh, they were unreliable to begin with. But having a Monday to Friday, 9 to 5, a boyfriend, a, you know, family, constant communication, with loved yeah. ones, no one is not the also, place for a sex trafficking. Monday morning at eight o'clock is not when we the sex traffickers are nabbing. Correct. That is a personal um, grab. Correct. So you get this sidebar about like, okay, maybe Jennifer got sex trafficked, 
Oh, next sidebar. Nah, probably not. Probably not. And also, that, something probably really hap- horrible happened to that woman in Tennessee. <laughs> it's not Jennifer. I hope she's okay. Exactly, and that's where there's a, a constant meh, ugh, 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 just a question mark in regards to the podcast. I think that's where, for me, this whole podcast does start turning south. apart. Because I am thinking to myself, but what happened to that poor woman who came in without shoes that fit her and oversized clothes with clearly a crushed hand who was being dominated by a, a man with her who wouldn't let her speak until she was spoken to? What happened to that woman? Jennifer Kessie I'm concerned about, but now I'm concerned about that other woman. Oh, as a woman, I I can't stop thinking about that other woman that that jewelry woman did see that day. And that is such a great point about why unconcluded will not make it into an unpacking for us. No. There are constant question marks. And also, how did you see leading podcasts? So then there's another... It just, no guidance in this podcast. Yeah, so then there's another moment in the podcast where it's like, okay, well, the jewelry store girl's clearly not Jennifer. Here's a news story. And so then we find out about the fact that there is an apart- another apartment complex around the corner from the Mosaic called Northbridge. And one of the leasing officer officing managers talks about one day how a woman fitting Jennifer's bill comes flying in. And is like, I need to look at an apartment, yes. you know, signs a form, signs of Jennifer Gessie, and is like, a man is stalking me and following me. And this woman just, you know, calls in and says, like, I think I saw Jennifer a few days prior to her disappearance. And so we hear all about this a woman. reliable lead. A very reliable lead. And we hear so much about this woman, you know, interacting with, you know, this woman who comes flying in off of the street. You know, constantly looking over her shoulder. There's a car that's following me. But, yeah, show me an apartment. Like, do what you have to do. I don't believe somebody who's stalking me is going to come following me in here. And we get another podcast about a potential lead that I want everybody to go and listen to, but leads nowhere. We have no definitive answers that that was actually Jennifer Cassie. You know, the woman can't really find the paperwork that has Jennifer's name on it. She says it was Jennifer. Right. We're getting another question mark. And once again, this entire podcast dedicated to finding Jennifer Kessie and what happened to her leads you with a, okay. And then what I do want to say is that throughout all of this, Sean, our host, is calling Jennifer's mother and father. And you are yeah, getting that's important. real-time conversation with her. Jennifer's parents and what their beliefs are on her disappearance. And like you mentioned, this is 11 years out, and my God, they have not found their baby, and they just want to put their baby to rest. And this podcast does nothing for Jennifer's name, because we do get other sidebars. I don't know if you remember, there was a sidebar kind of conversation about, like, oh, Maybe Jennifer's married boss has a thing for her. Yeah. And maybe Jennifer was sleeping with her married boss. And it was like, how dare you speak of her like this? Well, you know, maybe those things were true, but um, they had already investigated that boss and the police, not even this podcast is investigative bullshit. Yeah. The police had already investigated that boss and cleared him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So maybe there was something a little south of moral yeah. between Jennifer and her boss, but the police had already cleared that 
And so to just bring it up in the podcast was only for salaciousness sake. You and know what that I mean? is masturbatory. I was going to say, I Amy, take it before you because you that's did my it. term. It's your favorite term. I, that conversation was just for that to host to have a gotcha episode. And exactly. it was gross and it was masturbatory, like you said. And I think that that's the where we're going to... clear. Why are we doing this? I think that's where we're going to turn here, Erica, because um, we do need to disclose to the listeners that there have been more episodes besides yeah. what we have just talked about. Erica and I have just exhausted the episodes that we have both listened to. There are more episodes uh, beyond what we have just recapped. And we have stopped listening, and the reason is that we feel that this particular podcast has not done justice to a woman that we now care very much about, Jennifer Kessie. Yeah, Jennifer Kessie, and uh, especially her family, because I think that we can probably all agree at this point that she has not survived whatever horrific ordeal she went through. And uh, this podcast continues to include her family and give them hope in a way that I find disturbing. And I so very agree with you, especially in the sense of the fact that you and I looked at each other one day late this past summer and went, no, we're going to stop listening to this. We have to stop listening. Jennifer Kessie's disappearance is not just a podcast for us. Jennifer Kessie's disappearance is a missing poster on the side of, you know, electrical boxes that you and I drive by often in this town. Her and disappearance doesn't need to be on a podcast. And she is a woman who was the woman that we were 11 years ago when we moved to this community. She was our age when we moved to this community. And if she were still alive today, she would be our age. And I maybe our podcast buddy. Yeah, she's not. She may be a woman that I could know, and and that's why I can no longer support this podcast unconcluded. And um, I will also say, podcast rewind is a podcast about celebrating other podcasts. Absolutely, we don't. We're not here to trash podcasts, but. We have, I've got to tell you guys, Rewinders, we have talked about this podcast so often that we do really feel compelled to be honest about how we feel about this unconcluded podcast. Yeah. With our hometown girl, Jennifer Kessie, we don't feel like they have done her right. We feel like they have um, strung her family along onto a journey that they didn't need to go down. They have already mourned their daughter for 11 years. And there was no reason last year to bring this back out if they didn't have a conclusion for them. Yeah, and And I I remember telling you so deeply why it upset me from, like, a journalistic perspective that, like, every interview with her parents were inappropriate. And sidebars that went nowhere should have never been an episode. Exactly. That Tennessee thing thing was interesting, but it didn't help anything for Jennifer. Exactly. And that I said to you so many times, I do not believe that Sean has malice in his heart. No. He wants to find out what happened to Jennifer, 
but he is an armchair detective. He did not go to school so to I, be a detective. He no. did not go to school to He's be a not journalist. A journalist. He, mm-hmm. you know, is a guy that has a really great mic, and it costs you 50 bucks. Yeah. Honestly, I, at I the end of the he, day, and he got some really good notoriety behind his belt, but, like, I got very upset constantly. I think he, but, I think he bit off more than he can chew. Yes. And so, you know, I don't necessarily, necessarily dog him for that, but I do dog him for not ending the podcast. Because you and I looked it up before we potted tonight, and yeah. they have not put out a new episode since November. November. But this thing is still going. It's not like they've ended the nope. show. And I'll, I, I think we need to wrap up ourselves now because I think that what we're really saying is that. Our review of the unconcluded podcast is that how much we wanted to be behind it because we wanted our hometown girl to finally be put to rest. And in the end, we have realized that this particular podcast is not going to do that for her and we feel some residual anger. Yeah, and also... Like you were saying, you know, this podcast isn't providing a bow. No. And a lot of podcasts, especially when it comes down to true crime, may not provide you the bow that you're interested in. But when I think about all of the times that you talked to me about true crime garage, martinis and murder, my favorite murder, no one is doing the victim a serious injustice, the way that I feel that Unconcluded is doing Jennifer Cassie and her family a deep injustice. Exactly. And especially Thank us you. as listeners, why are we at episode 27 and still continuing to talk? I do need to say, while we're talking about this, uh, back in episode two of our own show, when I talked about Maura Murney, and the disappearance of Warren Murray was going on on Oxygen, and there is still a podcast yeah. that I've subscribed to, and I, I haven't listened past. But the same thing is kind of happening. It's now in, like, episode 70-something. They're still talking about the disappearance of Maura Murray, and, um, but they are professional podcasters that are doing this. Well, yeah. And, and that's, I just keep going back to... I, I'm not mad at Sean and his accomplice, Scott, no. for digging into this in the first place. What I do feel is anger that I don't... They're not journalists, and I feel like in the end they haven't really done justice to um, Jennifer's memory. And yeah. because we're not going to find out through this podcast what happened to her, I think that that ship has sailed. That I yeah. feel like, okay, this is a podcast that's going to be left unconcluded, as the old podcast the title says. And, and um, as podcast recappers, reviewers that you and I yeah. are, these are our honest opinions about what we have heard, and we have very uh, strong opinions about it, specifically because... It's a hometown girl. Yeah, and I, I completely agree with the hometown concept. And then the whole, like, well, we need to recap other podcasters and be really open and honest about that and what our feelings are. 
at the end of the day, I also feel like I know before you and I get into the podcast nook and turn these microphones on, we do a little bit of some like recon mm-hmm. and we do a lot of work with yeah, one we, another we really to make not. sure we can provide a really good show for our listeners. I feel very strongly though that Sean had an idea and didn't test waters before yeah. sending this you know, podcast out to the airwaves and without realizing, like, let me just do some work for four to five episodes before I hit play and hit record and put it out to iTunes. And this just went out there. And now thousands of people know about Jennifer Cassie, which is great. Which is great. Add some draw into her situation Mm -hmm. and her disappearance. But if you couldn't enact change, what was your gain? And that is a thing I see to you all the time. You know, when people say things and do things, What's your fucking gain? Was it just to bring light to Jennifer Cassie? I don't still understand the gain behind so, this I, podcast. I, I think we're both wrapping up in the same way. If yeah. you may let me summarize, is I, I don't think Sean had any mal no. intentions at all. I don't think so either. But he didn't think this through. And in the end, um, you know, I don't think he's done. Like he's still putting out podcasts, but you and I are fully done with it. Uh, but while, but yeah. the, prob- the reason that we're done with it and the problematic thing we feel about it is that he has caused probably more messes than he's yep. cleaned up. Perfect way to describe it. And that's kind of a thing to share with everyone who's listening right now. When you're listening to your podcasts and you're hitting the discover or the search button, no, not every podcast is always... Picture perfect with a bow at the end of it. Some podcasts are going to leave you more upset than when you began with. And our goal, always at the end of the day, is to take these people to the mat. Like, call them out on that. Just like, we don't like it. This... This drunk episode is the first time that we're actually calling someone on the mat this hard. Yeah. And, you know, but I'm okay with it. I am okay, too, because we are fired up. Yes. We're, we're angry at Sean and yes. his accomplice, Scott, because they didn't do our hometown girl different Cassie right. Correct. Okay. And, and they didn't podcast correct. They did not. There's just so many things that come they, down to it. They were too amateur for to take on a case that means this much. Yeah, and so, like, and know your audience, know your content, right. just do some homework, which is what you and I will always promise the people who are listening to Podcast Rewind, is that we will we'll always, always do whatever we can to always do our homework and make sure that we are recapping things, and then also calling people out, like, do better, yeah. as podcast listeners, Everybody deserves to listen to better. And I think at the end of the episode, that's what we're saying, really, right? To Sean, to Unconcluded, do better. Just do better and and know your subject. We we are a little dog right now. We are a little dog. So if anyone hears this and and places it onto them, I'm not afraid of our message. No. But let's let's do this. Let's wrap it up right now. And you know what? I would say this to everybody who's listening. I would say to Sean, his buddy Scott, guys, at the end of the day, know your audience, know your content, but always do us a favor and be kind. And rewind. And we will see you on our next round of Podcast Rewind. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great night, everyone. Bye. Bye.